Valentine's Day is coming up. And from this point forward, for every single day of your life, I wish for you to experience greater love. Welcome to Love featuring your host, Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Jane Donovan, and I'm really happy today on the Love Life show to be answering the question, what is love? So what is love? What does it feel like? What does it look like? How do I get it? Or how do I get more of it? It's one of the most complex questions, if not the most complex question, that we could ask of the human race to explain what is love. And I've done a bit of Googling to share a bit of audio from other people's perception of what they believe love is. So let's have a listen to what they've got to say. I don't know if there's any real definition of love. Love. Um, I think that love is when you put someone before yourself. It's definitely more than just a feeling. It's an openness and uh, it's an energy. That's the closest I can get to it, I think. Love is overcoming the differences that you two have and, and learning to find the imperfection and and working with it. You give all of yourself to somebody. Never expect anything back. My definition of love is God. It is. I, I think that God is love, so love is God. Love is the innermost feeling one can present to another person who understands them. Being in love makes me feel better about myself. All of the good things that I know are already there just feel highlighted in me. It just makes me feel like I can face the world. Just pure happiness and everything is right with the world. Nothing could go wrong. It's an out-of-body feeling. That excited feeling to see them come home or to see their face after a long time of not seeing them. Warm fuzzies, that little increase in the heart rate, that little tingling on the skin, and also at the same time, a real sense of groundedness. So it's like having this floor underneath me that's always there holding me up. It makes me feel expansive. It makes me feel like I can take on the world and I can accomplish my dreams. I can help other people accomplish their dreams. You just become this better person and you have that little hole in your heart that was missing. Now it's felt because you have love. When you care about someone more than you care about yourself and you would do anything for that person. To me, love is a feeling of winning. When you're winning, you're happy, you're free. You're honest, and it's a way of showing your light that you are the best version of yourself. That's what love is. How we feel love is different for every single person. And I know I've mentioned on many podcasts before about the five love languages. However, I must mention it again. The five love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, gift giving, and touch. And so we each have a primary way that we feel and express love. If you want to know more about this, head to the fivelovelanguages.org where Dr. Gary Chapman has loads of information where you can explore 
what your love language is and take the short test. It takes about five minutes to do and find out what your love language is. However, the interesting thing here is that I believe that there's some additional information that needs to be added to what is love and how we feel it and how we express it and what it looks like. Because I believe that love is different for every person because it's based on our past. It's based on our childhood and it's based on our past experiences. So for example, if in childhood, perhaps you didn't get the love that you were wanted. Maybe your parents didn't speak your love language to you or your family, your extended family or your friends. Maybe you didn't feel compassion when you were a child and you're screaming out for compassion. You feel it's such an important part of of who you are. Then likely love might look like compassion for you. And so you likely will be attracted to a person or people Because I'm not just talking about life partners here. I'm talking about love from yourself, love of friends, love of co-workers, love of family members, love of animals, love of whatever it is you are feeling most passionate about. If you were raised in a family where compassion was lacking, the first person that comes along and shows you deep compassion, I think you're going to get pretty excited by. I think that you're going to really connect with that person. And I think that you're going to connect on a level where the hormones start flooding of bonding the two of you together. And so let's get into the chemical side of things. And then we're going to come back to childhood and different love statements. So when we are experiencing love, it's kind of a combination of a whole heap of hormones. We've got testosterone, estrogen, adrenaline, dopamine, serotonin, Of course, oxytocin's in there, which I've spoken of a lot in other podcasts, the bonding hormone. And there's another little interesting one that I wasn't aware of until recently, and it's called vasopressin. So vasopressin is actually the hormone of monogamy. Now, explore that one. I've done a bit of researching on this. Oxytocin, of course, is attachment. It's attachment, though, not just to a life partner. It's attachment to family, animals, and friends. So particularly when we combine oxytocin with vasopressin, what we get is attachment and monogamy. So people who are not into monogamy, I would suspect, likely have low levels of vasopressin. Now, vasopressin is actually suppressed with alcohol. So people who drink a lot of alcohol, are therefore going to have less of a committed monogamy desire to any one person. And that perhaps is the science behind why alcohol destroys so many relationships. And a bit of a tip here too for those of you that smoke, vasopressin actually is released when you smoke. So a side note would be for those of you who are highly sensitive and who smoke, Highly sensitive people require deep monogamy attachment. So they require an abundance of oxytocin and vasopressin for them to feel safe in life. So if you're a HSP and like me, if you've battled with smoking, there's your scientific hormonal explanation of why. So let's move away from the hormone side and get back to what I believe love is for each person. And as I said, it's completely different 
for everybody. I feel that we have a love statement. So while we've got a love language, I think we also have a love statement. And I think this love statement is formed in childhood. And I believe this love statement changes many times through the journey of a lifetime. And this love statement is based on evidence that we have gathered through our observation of others, connecting with our own feelings, and through the experiences that we have had. So I'm going to give myself as an example here. My love statement for many years was love equals approval. And I can go right back to being 10 years old when I first recognized that. What happened? I was 10. I went for a dance audition and my parents took me. I was way younger than the other children that were being selected in a state team to then go off to the national dance competitions. But I went for the experience because it was on my goal list of something I wanted to achieve in the following few years. So my parents encouraged me to go along so that I could start to have an understanding of what might be required of me if I wanted to try and make that state team. So I went along to the audition. Well, I got selected. I think I was the last person in the room to ever believe that I would have been selected. The second to last was probably my mum and the third to last would have been my dad. So mum took me home. We walked in the door and my dad said, how did you go? And I looked at him and I said, I got in. They selected me. I'm in the state dance team. And I, at that point was the youngest child in the state that had been selected. So it was a pretty big feather in my cap. But what happened next was what actually determined my love statement. And that was the excitement and the approval that I got from my dad. I felt his pride in me. I felt him approve of me. That's the only word I can give it. I felt the approval and my heart flooded. And I am sure that in that moment, I had so much oxytocin flooding my brain. And I probably also had a lot of vasopressin flooding my brain. So what happened? I became even more attached to my dad. And I also became attached with monogamy to my dad. Now, that's a weird word to use with a father-daughter relationship, but that just meant the attachment went much deeper and that he held even more power with the feeling of love within me. Fast forward another 30-odd years, and I spent a career of 23 years as a choreographer and entertainment producer where I was seeking approval. Everything that I did in my career was all about getting approval and the audiences got bigger. They started with small audiences. Then I started working in sports entertainment. There'd be 10,000 at events at an event. It moved to a hundred thousand. It moved to live television coverage of millions, but the approval was never enough. So what happened? I had to start on the journey of self-development. I had to start on the journey of not requiring others approval for me to feel valuable, for me to feel love, for me to feel worthy of love. So I share this story because I encourage you to explore what your love statement is. And that is why today I pose the question, what is love? It could be that your love statement is acceptance. Perhaps you never really felt accepted. This would potentially be one for perhaps many highly sensitive people. They always felt they weren't accepted or anybody with a difference. It could be somebody that is gay. It could be somebody that has some sort of disability. It doesn't matter. Whatever minority group you identify with, you could possibly have 
a love statement that says love equals acceptance. So when you meet somebody and you feel deep acceptance for who you are, you're going to bond with that person. And that is love for you. Perhaps it's about trustworthy. Perhaps love equals trust. Maybe you grew up in a childhood where you didn't feel that you were trusted. Or perhaps you grew up with people that you couldn't trust. Or perhaps that wasn't your love statement as a child. But as you moved into adulthood, for whatever reason, you ended up with a partner who you discovered over time was not trustworthy. And it hurt you deeply. And so moving forward, you decided that trust was love that you only wanted to be connected to somebody that you could trust. And it became a dominant factor. It became like the highest percentage of what you were looking for in a potential partner. Or for that matter, it could be in friends. Maybe you've had friends that have not been trustworthy. And so now you are selecting friends based on how safe you feel around them with trust. So your love statement is love equals trust. It could be many different things. I believe that people have love statements around things like love equals excitement. Now, they might be people that really love to have hormones or they're really connected to having adrenaline come through and dopamine, which, you know, gives them the excitement as well as the joy and happiness. So maybe a love statement of love equals excitement is a big part of their love connection. Or maybe it's love equals safety or kindness. That was another one for me, and I'm going to explore kindness shortly. Perhaps it's compassion, connection. Love equals understanding. Perhaps you felt misunderstood all your life. Love equals commitment. Perhaps you don't feel safe because people are not able to commit to you. Love equals reliability, honesty, validation. Which goes pretty close hand in hand with the one that I had for many years of love equals approval. Perhaps love is supportive. Perhaps that's where you feel like you can be the best version of you because your love statement is when you are feeling supported. You can be the best version of you. Perhaps love's encouraging. But whatever it is for you, I encourage you to really explore the key words of what it means to you. Why do we do this? Because it gives us a greater sense of self, but it also gives us a greater sense of the part of us that perhaps requires more self-love. And as you know, in over 200 episodes, at some point, it always comes back to self-love. So now that we're looking at both what your love statement may have been in childhood I think it might be fun to have a bit of a listen to what children think love is and have a bit of a giggle at their gorgeous statements. It is kissing? I don't know. (laughs) It's when you have a special feeling inside. You just be happy and while it's happy, like Cupid comes out. It feels like a happy day. Love is when you feel like you feel good for someone. You love them more like anyone else. You you just think they're the greatest people on the earth. You like somebody and you hug them. When I love someone, I give them a present. 
I would go up to her and I would say, I love you, will you marry me? Just give it straight out, right to her. And then give her the ring, obviously. He, he do this and then they kiss. He kissed the girl. Um, maybe like a nice mansion at a sunset near, um, I think it's actually nice to kind of give it a little speech, like some kind of speech showing that he really does love her a lot. Can you please, please marry me? Um, she, may, she might say yes. Yes, I'll marry you. A diamond ring um, will be just, it'll be fine for her, but it has to be um, like really shiny. I think this is what usually happens. The boy buys a really, really, really nice ring for the engagement ring. He just wants her to say yes, you know? You put them on and you look so pretty. They want to have more, more family and um, they, they want to have a baby. <laughs> I don't know how you get a baby, even. Maybe it comes just, just by itself. Maybe just it's it's for magic, <laughs> and it's love. <laughs> and that's it. Those gorgeous children with beautiful wise words are from a YouTube clip by Tiffany & Co, all about, I guess, engagement rings being purchased. <laughs> However, I thought it was so beautiful I wanted to share. The other interesting thing I found was that, really, I think all five love languages were spoken there. There were children that were talking about words of affirmation, acts of service, gift giving, touch, and time. So I think that's interesting that each child shared what they thought love was really, in their love language. I also want to mention the previous YouTube clip that I played, and that's from a gorgeous YouTube station called Soul Pancake, if you want to check out more about their work. So recently I was asked the question, how can you teach somebody to love? And that took some serious pondering. Of course, it starts with self-love. And so that means really looking at self-acceptance, self-worth, self-confidence, self-respect, and ultimately resulting in greater sense of self-love. The more that you love yourself, the more you are capable of giving love. And if you want love, you have to be love. There's no two ways about it. I meet people as a matchmaker every day who some are incredibly lovable instantly and others, I have to work really hard to find a heart-centered connection with them. Those people, the second, are going to struggle to find love because someone has to go first. Someone has to be bold in leading with energy. I was recently interviewed for a gorgeous podcast that's going to be released soon by Amber Petty. And she said, what is it you most want people to know about love? And I said, if you want it, you have to be it. And if you want to be it, you've got to be bold. You've got to go first. You've got to place the vulnerability aside and just step up into the boldness of leading with the intent of love. So I ask you, are you lovable? Is your behavior lovable? 
But to get back to the question about how do you teach love, we move into the self-love realms. But to move into the external realms, it would be about mastering the five love languages. So while you may have one that you predominantly express effortlessly and easily, or maybe you've got two, it is working on the connection of all five. So to reiterate, we want to be good at our words. So we need to learn to be impeccable with our words, to connect to our heart and have our thoughts, our words, and our emotions all in alignment. Then you are delivering beautiful words of affirmation. The next would be to get comfortable with touch. Now, many people find that effortless and easy, probably because it's one of their primary love languages. But what about those people that you go to give them a hug and they're stiff as a board, really uncomfortable? Now, I get personal space and I get boundaries and I get that it is about the intent of the hug and who it's coming from. But you do want to get comfortable with the connection of touch. And I've had to teach clients this. People who are really wanting to express themselves better, who are wanting a deeper sense of connection with others, and I've worked with them for an hour in a coaching session, and they go to leave, and I hug them, and I hold them, and I can feel some be a little uncomfortable, and I say, just breathe into it, just breathe, and start to feel how beautiful it feels. So getting good at touch is important, and knowing when it's appropriate and when it's not. Now, being of service to others. I would imagine that many of you listening to this would find that pretty effortless and easy. However, if you don't, then start to think about how you could be more comfortable in being of service to others. And what is it that's preventing you from being of service? It will be that inner child. It'll be the voice of limiting beliefs. It will be healing the past. But it's also about self-love. So as you do that, as you tackle your inner child, as you tackle your limiting beliefs, as you tackle your past pain and experiences, and you start to embrace and love those parts of yourself, you will find yourself more naturally being able to be of service to others. The protective barriers will start to come down. Gift giving. Now that love language, I tend to look at that as generosity because gift, we automatically think about the spending of money. But it doesn't have to be that. It can be generosity in many other ways. It can be gift giving in many other ways. So get creative with how you can be giving gifts that don't require money. And time. Time is one thing that most of us are quite short on. And yet really, it's an illusion. We've all got plenty of time. It's what we choose to spend our time on. So when people say, I haven't got time, what they're actually saying is, I haven't got time for this or I haven't got time for that, or I haven't got time for you. I'm not placing it a priority at the moment. And that's okay. But if you really want to master the art of time, it's about being honest with yourself about your words. Drop the I haven't got time and reframe it to being I am choosing something different. And that's another deeper level of authenticity, which of course results in greater understanding of self. So mastering the five love languages is a great way towards starting to gather more love in your life. I was curious, however, to hear what the collective consciousness known as Abraham, as channeled by Esther Hicks, has to say about what love is. So let's have a listen to what they've got to say. Well, it is a stream of consciousness, but it's a vast stream of consciousness. So 
For example, this is a very good question at this point in the dialogue. When Jerry made his transition to non-physical, Esther did not want him to just become part of the Abraham soup. Because she was already accustomed to Abraham, she knew what we felt like, and she had also had the experience of feeling someone in the hot seat with a specific question, and she could feel the content of that family of consciousness that she's been describing as Abraham. She can feel it shifting about, depending upon the conversation, the question, the intent, the willingness to allow. In other words, she can feel that Abraham is not a constant consciousness, that it is a consciousness that is collected and summoned based upon a lot of factors. And so just now we became very playful with you. That was Jerry. That was, that was Jerry wanting you to lighten up on this subject of non-physical. Well, so when Jerry made his transition, Esther wanted to be sure that she could always feel the Jerry part of the Abraham consortium. In other words, she wanted to know what part was him. And she, but, but when you think about it, how do you separate the love of one of the love of others? How do you, how do you distinguish uh, the clarity about something as it's coming from this part of consciousness or the clarity as it's coming from this part of consciousness. In other words, this stream of non-physical consciousness, this stream of well-being is... It's a bit like trying to accurately verbalize or define love because most people when they try to do that get sidetracked from what it is they often activate a vibration of lost love or lonely and they most people depart from the true vibration of love almost as soon as they try to define it or explain it where if you just feel love just try to feel what love is and get general about it. Love is, love is, it feels good. Love is, it's, um, hmm. Love is, um, love is, well, it feels secure. It feels, it feels, um, sort of see what we're talking about? Love, it, it feels, it feels, it feels better than the absence of love. In other words, you can sort of get a, you can sort of feel it if you if you compare it to the absence of it. Feels like well-being. It feels like homecoming. It feels like fun. It, it feels full. It feels it feels good. It feels like something I want. It feels good to be loved. It feels good to love. It feel it feel. But it is sort of indefinable in terms of words, and so. Non-physical consciousness is indefinable in that sense. It's just this permeation. That's why Esther is in trying to explain to you with words what she feels as we are presenting to her this concept of this well-being that surrounds. She wants to call it this soup. She wants to call it permeating everywhere. She wants to call it 
surrounding everyone and everything. She wants to, she wants everyone to feel that they could absorb it and allow it fully. She, she wants you to feel that you can, you're supported by it and, and you're clarified by it and you're exhilarated by it and, and it just feels good to have it. You get a sense, but how do you define it? You've just, she, she and we want you to soften as much as you can and just allow it in. And how do we separate which consciousness is loving you, which consciousness is presenting? Man wants to call it God. We want to call it pure positive energy. We want to call it source. We want to call it all, is, all that is. But most of all, we want you to discover how to translate it through your emotions, through your being, through your feeling, you see. And so... Sometimes in the trying to define of who's Jerry and who's Abraham and who's Jesus and who's Buddha and who's, who's consciousness, what masters are focused with you, we want to say they all are. They're all focused with you. They all understand well-being. And none of them are fighting over the details that you all are fighting over. None of them are saying, come here for the truth or come here for the truth or come here for the truth. They're saying, this is the truth and it's simpler than you allow it to be. It's easier to understand than you allow yourself to understand it. It's all around you and you feel it and you demonstrate it through the gaze of your eyes and through the smile on your face and through the softness of your beingness and through the love that you present and portray. And we can't separate one from another. In other words, we're all in this together. And so when we're visiting with all of you, we just want so much for you to allow yourself as best you can right now, as best you can right now, just choose a word that feels better than struggle. Just try to find something that just feels a little better. Just try to remember something that felt good or look for something that feels good. And if you can't find it, take a nap. Go do something. Get a massage. Take a walk. Drink some water. Get out. Do anything and everything you can do to soften your feeling of angst until in time it will be gone altogether. So that all day, every day, you're moving through your time-space reality out here on the leading edge of thought, allowing all that is to demonstrate well-being through the details of the life that you are allowing, you see. And it won't come more than you can stand. It won't be more detailed than you're ready for or wanting. The path of least resistance is provided by you. You just get to decide how much resistance you're going to garner to block off how much of it. And we know there are plenty of people that are deliberately blocking it off because they don't want this kind of weirdness in their life experience, you see. We get that, you see. But when you understand that when you're talking about source, you're talking about intelligence and you're talking about love and you're talking about life and you're talking about eternity and you're talking about feeling good. And that is the extent of religion, seriously. That recording was from 2014 and I strongly encourage you to follow the teachings of Abraham and Esther Hicks. Purchase their products, they are amazing and like me and like Beck, it will change your world. I want to talk a little now about the power of love vibrationally and I have to of course mention Dr. Emoto, wonderful Japanese scientist that I've followed for many years before his crossing over. He is the scientist that is responsible for proving that our thoughts change molecular structure. So if you want to Google his work, you can see the before and after shots of water before positive words and after positive words and the healing power of love. 
That work has been followed up by Dr. Darren Wiesman, who has done it on blood. You can Google him and his book, The Power of Infinite Love and Gratitude, has some awesome before and after photos taken with the power of infinite love and gratitude on blood. And then if you want to YouTube the rice experiment, you will be able to see what happens to three bowls of rice, one that is projected love to on a daily basis, one that is ignored and one that is projected hate. And you will see that the one with love is the one that has remained white and lovely, while the others contain a lot of darkness and mold. So the vibrational power that you hold within your words to be able to come from love in your body, to be able to come from love of self, to be able to come from love of others, can no longer be denied. It is the most powerful thing and tool you have at your disposal. But the last thing I want to really move on to is about kindness. For me, love and kindness goes hand in hand. There isn't one without the other. Kindness is love and love is kindness. And so as I shared earlier that my past love statement was love equals approval. For me now, Love equals kindness. So therefore, I have to explore what does the word kindness mean. Again, I would think that every person would have a different explanation for that. For me, kindness is compassion. It's empathy. It's understanding. It's consideration. It's connection. Acceptance. Many of the words that I shared earlier that people might have as their love statement, such as love equals empathy or love equals trustworthy or love equals honesty or love equals supportive, almost all of those words can be used to describe kindness. And so how do we teach kindness? We start by helping people to understand. We start by helping people to expand their compassion, to gain greater empathy. And we do that by the telling of stories the sharing of wisdom, by the growth of learning from each other. And really at the end of the day, that's what Love Life is about for me. The Love Life show is about teaching kindness, compassion, empathy, understanding. Every episode that I do is to help each of us to continue to strive for a greater level of compassion and empathy. This is who I am. This is my commitment to me. My commitment is to continue to grow so that I can get to a point where any story I hear, anything that I witness, or anything that I experience, instead of having judgment, my default is one of understanding. Judgment brings low-level vibration. Judgment brings fear. I don't want to have that. My commitment is to continue for me to expand and evolve so I can get to a point where all that I feel is understanding. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I hope too that you're exploring what love is for you, how it feels, what it looks like and how you share it. There is no more important topic that we could discuss than love. Love heals. Love is always the solution. To come from love and not from fear. If you've identified with today's episode and you'd really like some one-on-one coaching around the topic of love, 
your love languages, your love statements, getting more of it in your life, helping to stop self-sabotaging behavior that prevents you from having love in your life, then please head to my private page, which is janedonovan.com.au to book in for a one-on-one session. If you've received value from today's episode, I welcome your financial support to assist in the cost of producing the show. If you'd like to make a donation, please head to our website, lovelifeshow.com. You can also find the past 207 episodes that you can access. And of course, if you'd like to join in the post-show conversations, then please head to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash lovelifeshow. So until next week, have a gorgeous week connecting with love and understanding. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening.